0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Randy Couture. If you're out there looking for a great sports podcast, go check out Big Mouth Small Words. What up, guys? It's is say and I just want to give a shout-out to the Big Mouth Small Words podcast in Boston. Thank you guys for your dedication and support. real pets. Hey, it's Big Jim from 98.5 The Sports Hub, and I love listening to Big Mouth Small Words. Check them out at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. Big Mouth Small Words Sports Talk we back, baby. Another episode. Let's go. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Hello, everyone. And welcome back. Welcome back to episode number 161 of the Big Mouth Small Words podcast. There's a lot coming up in the future of this podcast. The Bruins are getting ready for a playoff push. So Batch and Matt, Team Batch and Matt, going to be in studio for that. When the NFL makes its triumphant return I will have people in the studio they're going to try to beat me in NFL picks there's going to be new prizes there's going to be things to win there's a lot of great things on the way I know that I've been neglecting this I know that I haven't been doing it weekly like I should be but as once again I'm going to tell you I'm doing the band thing at three years gone music if you want to check that out I'd appreciate it I'm doing that but I'm still here don't give up (laughs) okay so speaking of great things on the way I did not forget about the fans of the brand. Oh, no, no, I did not. The $200 MMA giveaway will return. Yes, yes. I wanted to wait for a card that would be worthy of the payoff. And when I saw that Nate Diaz was going against Leon Edwards, it put the card over the top. So UFC 262, Michael Chandler's on that card. There's some good fights there. So May 15th, which is actually around the corner. The $200 MMA giveaway is going to return. You're going to want to follow at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast on Instagram. That way you can be entered and we'll figure all that out. It's going to be great. So mark that one down. Today, just me. (laughs) It's just me in the studio. I will probably be a little bit all over the place on this one. A lot has happened since we last spoke. April 19th, I believe it was. I'm going to start by going over a few big moments of the NFL draft. I'm going to go over not everything because I don't want to bore you guys, but I'm going to go over a few teams that I think improve the most and a few teams that I think are stupid idiots, and they're probably going to make the list. So, unfortunately, I'm going to start this off. that We're going to start with the good, and then we're going to get to the bad. So I'm going to start off with the Ravens. They, they look good. I hate it. It like actually pains me. You can probably hear the pain in my voice. But they finally took an explosive wide receiver in Bateman. I think that he's going to make an immediate impact. I think they needed that big time. They can put him alongside Hollywood Brown, get it going. They got um, an explosive linebacker. He looks the part. They got a guard in Ben Cleveland that I think looks solid. So they basically took... A bunch of super athletic freaks with huge potential. And if you go that route, I like it. <laughs> I'm into that. I like the high ceilings. I like what the Ravens did. I think they got better, in my opinion. Leah's going to like this one. The Carolina Panthers, to me, had a sneaky good draft. Them not taking a quarterback, just that, just not taking a quarterback, to me was a success because they got Sam Darnold. He's the guy. Don't put someone breathing down his neck right away to scare him or have him seeing ghosts again. He was supposed to be good. You guys think he's going to be good. So stick with your guy. J.C. Horn, cornerback, he fits the mold. He's tough, gritty, lockdown corner. Carolina needs a lockdown corner in order for them to have their identity. Get back to being the Panthers, get back to doing the things that you used to do. And getting Marshall Jr., the wide receiver, as late as they did, that's a steal, man. I remember the start of the second round thinking, man, I wonder who he's going to go to. I thought the Patriots might pick him up. He's a big boy. And now that you put him alongside DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, that's a really good wide receiver core. Like They have some actual weapons. I think the Panthers, I don't think this year is the year that they figure it all out, but I think that in the in the coming years, they're going to be someone that's going to be tough to beat. Um, Another team that's not that good, but uh, hey, the Chicago Bears. They're in the list of winners, and that's crazy. But listen, they traded up to get their guy. I'm not super high on Justin Fields, but I'm going to support any team that goes up and goes for it and tries to make it happen. We know Andy Dalton is not the answer in Chicago, so there's a potential that he could be their quarterback of the future that would be huge. I think that they got another steal. In the second round, they got Tevin Jenkins. He's a monster tackle. He's going to protect that quarterback, whether it be Dalton to start, whether it be Fields. I wanted the Bengals to get him. I was sitting next to Matt at the bar, (laughs) and I was like, oh, my God, Tevin Jenkins is going to fall to the Bengals. But then they traded to the Pats. We'll get to that later. But uh, Tevin Jenkins is no joke. Great tackle. I think that the Bears did a great job. So good for you guys. I'm surprised. There are a lot of teams that I could go on for the good, for the bad, but I'm going over the most noteworthy teams. I'm giving you the meat and potatoes of what you need to know. So I'm going to get to the Bengals and the Patriots after I go over the losers, okay? Because I know that everybody loves the Pats, and I know I love the Bengals, so that's the way it's going to be. So to start the losers, and who made the list? The Denver Broncos. I'm not super sure what to think about what they did. They got a great cornerback in Patrick Sertain II to start. He's a plug-in-and-play guy that they can use day-one talent. That's obvious, but he's not Justin Fields. I mean, they passed on a quarterback while sticking with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. I don't love that. They took running back javante williams in the second round maybe to fill the role that lindsey used to have but you've got melvin gordon so i just don't understand it I, It doesn't feel to me like the broncos got better it just feels like they got a little bit more depth <laughs> and uh i love depth but i don't in the first and second round that's not what you're going for man you want plug in and play legitimate guys and here's the thing though i'll say this if aaron Rodgers is being traded to denver and they know this, then they didn't really screw the pooch. Then it kind of makes sense. But if Aaron Rodgers does not become a Bronco, then they did screw the pooch, and they're all idiots, and they made the list. You just made the list! Oh, yeah. Speaking of idiots, the Green Bay Packers. You knew that Aaron Rodgers was pissed, and as much as I hate Aaron Rodgers. Everybody knows that I think he's a front runner. Everybody knows that I think that Aaron Rodgers folds when it matters. I can't stand the guy. Immense talent, but he's a stupid idiot himself. But my God, you you knew he was upset. The Packers can't go anywhere without Rodgers. And in the first round to take anything other than a wide receiver, (laughs) again... Like last year, you take quarterback Jordan Love and you just screw the pooch. You ruin everything, right? And then now you take a cornerback and I'm like, what the hell are these guys doing? I get that you need secondary help, but if you lose Rodgers, your whole team is in shambles. You're done. You screwed everything up. It's over. It's mind boggling what they did. Then you got Josh Myers as a center. That was a reach in the second round. You could have got him in the third. So what the hell are you doing? What are you guys doing? Like the Green Bay Packers, the fans must be going out of their friggin' minds. And then they wait till the third round. They finally get a wide receiver. But dude, you can't be getting your number two wide receiver in the third round. It doesn't work like that. The Packers are so dumb. And I'm not going to hit the button after every single thing. I'm just going to wait till the end. But my God, the Packers are dumb can't believe they did that speaking of dumb the vegas raiders actually might be the dumbest team on this list (laughs) i mean they they really screwed it up dude they took a tackle alex leatherwood number 17 overall i had leatherwood falling all the way to the Bengals in the second round and the Bengals could trade it back and still got him honestly like he's all right he's good but in the first round what the hell are you doing I mean, they reached for a guy at 17 overall, dude. That's unbelievable. They also took a million safeties. I don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell the Raiders are doing. And honestly, I have no words for how dumb the Raiders draft was. It made no sense. It makes me think of like, you know, the Raiders fans looking at the front office like Michael Scott would look at Toby Flenderson. Like, it's <laughs> it's so bad. Hell, as a matter of fact, I think that it would go something like this. The Raiders fans to the front office. Why are you the way that you are? Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. (laughs) I hate so much Uh, about the things that you choose to be. It's true. I mean, I'd lose my mind. It's embarrassing. That honestly, you know what? That was fucking embarrassing. It really was. I can't believe that. It's fucking embarrassing. Fucking embarrassing. God, the Raiders. What the hell are you doing? And once again, I'll say this now. No, they're still dumb no matter what no matter what happens. But if they got Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna be saying this about every team that's stupid. If they get Aaron Rodgers, it's gonna fix a lot of problems. So I'll 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 take it no, I can't take it back. They're dumb. So to get back to uh number one, the team that you guys most care about. And number two, the team that I most care about, I'm going to start with team one, the New England Patriots. Now, I said months ago, lock of the year, Mac Jones would be at 15. I'm not going to lie to you guys. In the last couple weeks, I kind of a little bit changed. I was like, I'm not so sure. Maybe he's going to be a top three pick, but he was there at 15. Patriots took him. That's what happened. I think the Pats are lucky that other teams are dumb, but that happens all the time for the Patriots. So Mac Jones fell. They took him. Awesome. The Patriots have their guy of the future, and honestly, it's possible if Cam sucks as bad as he did last year that he could be the guy of the present. He might just jump right in. From what I've heard from multiple scouts, ESPN, anything you listen to, Most people out there are saying that he's already ready to step into this role, that he's ready to play. He's the most, out of all the college quarterbacks, ready to handle the NFL. There you go. So that happened in the second round. The Patriots traded up with the Bengals. Will Bengal help uh, to get Christian Barrymore, defensive tackle, out of Bama? And I had him going in the first round. So I think Bill was foaming at the mouth once he saw him fall this far. I actually thought the Patriots were taking Marshall Jr., but they end up taking this guy. And I'm going to say this. If there's one thing that Bill is good at other than winning championships, it is evaluating front seven talent. And I'm going to take his word at this one. I think he probably knocked this one out of the park. Speaking A front seven talent. Bill was not playing around. He goes right after a defensive end. He goes Ronnie Perkins with his third selection. He had failed a drug test. He only played six games in 2020. But once again, I think that talent was sliding down the board and Bill was like, you know what? I'm taking this guy. And I love that approach. It's what I wanted the Bengals to do. If you see talent and you like that talent, you take the freaking talent. I like it. Don't reach for needs, Take the best available. So, speaking of, and listen, I love this. In the fourth round, the Patriots take a running back, and I'm not even going to try to say his first name, but I'm going to go with Stevenson. <laughs> I don't know much about him, uh, but I know that him being here means that Sony Michelle they declined his fifth year option, and he's on the way out. That's all I need to know. So Sony Michelle's on his way out. I love it. I think it's great. Plus, you know, James White's getting older, and all these guys are getting a bit older so in step stevenson i love what the patriots did in this draft they were patient when they needed to be they were aggressive when they should have been and they got what they wanted and that alone makes it so that i think that they should get an a i think the patriots get a freaking a i don't care i like it i like what they did Beef up the front seven, get your quarterback, and get Sony Michelle the hell out of Dodge. I love it. Which brings me to the second team. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals. Did they take Penesol? Did they take Penesol? I don't think they took Penesol. It doesn't seem that way. Chase your dreams. Because we drafted Chase. Now we got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Joe the F and Mixon. I'm telling you right now, they the Bengals did it. They took the best available Jamar Chase. Fifth overall selection. Now you've got Jamar Chase, you've got T. Higgins, you've got Tyler Boyd, you got Joe Mixon. This Bengals offense is about to explode. Everyone knows how well Chase did when he was in college with Joe Burrow. Time to come to the NFL. Show the NFL what's up. I'm telling you, dude. But as soon as this happened, right? Everybody in the world... Everybody in the world losing their minds. Joe Burrow's gonna die. Joe Burrow's knee, oh, he's gonna get blown out. Oh. I hate all of you, you stupid idiots. I've been watching a bunch of stupid things of Stewie Griffin getting destroyed in Family Guy and people going down and getting the, destroyed in their legs. Yeah, it's funny until we start winning a million games, but relax. As I said, We needed a guard. That was our biggest problem. The Bengals needed a guard. And guess what we did? We got tackle. Then we're going to move to guard. Jackson Carmen. we got him in the second round. He spent his college career protecting Trevor Lawrence, who was the gem of college. And he will spend his NFL career protecting Joe Burrow. And guess what else? He's from Cincinnati. He's happy to be a Bengal. Everyone wins. This is the perfect outcome. Okay. I did want Tevin Jenkins. <laughs> I, will, I will preface that by saying I did want Tevin Jenkins, but after learning everything I did about Carmen, I understand why they did it, and I understand why they didn't take Panay because, listen, everybody, Panay was not going to start out a tackle, and how do you tell a guy that is like a generational talent tackle, that he can't play his position. It would have been a friggin' disaster. Now you've got Chase. They're going to put on a show. Now you got Carmen. He's happy to be where he wants to be. We already got Reef in the offseason. We've already, we got our guys. Take it easy, everyone. Now in the third round, the Bengals have made it clear they want to get after the quarterback. They take a defensive end. They take Aussie. I love it. I'm assuming they took him to, to replace Carl Lawson. And honestly, there's... There's a lot more that I could go over. But overall, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spare you guys the details. I'll give the Bengals a B+. Plus, okay? I'm going to give them a B+. Plus. My God, that's loud. My goodness. People are roaring. So, I'll say it again. I wanted Tevin Jenkins. Stupid Bears. Uh, but it's fine. I like Carmen. I like what they did. I'm into it. Let's go Bengals. I'm going to switch up the sports very quickly. We are going to go over hockey. We are going to go over the Boston Bruins. I'm not going to get super, super in-depth as to the games that have already happened because I want to wait until I've got Team Batchamat in here with me. But I will say this. It is certainly coming down to the wire here. The Bruins are 10-3 since the trade deadline. The second line has had an awakening. David Krejci is in full-on playoff Krejci mode. Craig Smith is having the season of his life. Taylor Hall has turned back the hands of time. He looks elite. The whole second line looks elite. And for the first time in a long time, the Boston Bruins have two legit lines skating into this year's playoffs. Now, we're going to have to figure out what they need to do to succeed because the Bruins have already clinched a playoff spot, which is great. But these last few games are going to determine who they're going to play round one. Now, Cassidy came out. He said it doesn't matter who they play. And every team is evenly matched. And though that is correct to a point, you don't want the freaking Washington Capitals in the first round. So just say it how it is, man. You don't want the Caps in the first round because whoever plays the Capitals in the first round, you're going to kill each other. And the next team is going to pick the bones. So... Let's look very quickly at the NHL standings and see where we stand. You've got the Penguins in first place. They got 73 points. You got the Capitals in second with 71. You got the Bruins with 69. Nice. Nice. (laughs) By design. (laughs) And you've got the Islanders uh, right there at 68. So... The Bruins basically have a couple games at hand with the Penguins, and they have four games to determine who they're going to play. And my answer right now as to what I would do is going to surprise Batch. It's going to surprise the world. It's kind of surprising me. It's going to surprise everybody. And uh, I want to be strategic about this, okay? If I'm the Bruins, I lose out the rest of the way. <laughs> I I pushed this whole time to have the number one seed, but I would stay in the fourth. And the reason, let me explain, because I know people are punching their steering wheels, losing their minds right now. The Penguins already have four points on, on the Bruins, right? Their last two games are against the Sabres. Going against the Sabres, dude. So you have to assume the Penguins are eight points up. Meaning that the Bruins would have to just went out and hope, but really what's going to happen is if the Bruins went out, they're going to end up being tied, which means they're going to be in second. You don't want the Capitals in third and then the Islanders in fourth. It looks like the Islanders are going to stay there. So what I'm saying is lose, rest your guys, get ready for the Pens round one. They're going to stay up top. And this is what Batch wanted all along. I hate to admit it, (laughs) but it's true. Let the Islanders and the Capitals beat the hell out of each other in the first round. And take care of the Penguins, which I think we can do. I know that the Penguins are a tough team, but I would much rather play them than I would play the Capitals. So play the Penguins, beat the Penguins, however long it takes and then pick the scraps of whoever survives the Capitals and the Islanders. Now, the Islanders don't look that great, but let me tell you something. With Barry Trotz, the way that he coaches, the way that team... Listen, that team's going to be physical as hell in the playoffs. They're going to beat the shit, whether it's the Bruins, whether it's the Caps, whether it's the Penguins. They're going to beat the shit out of whoever they play. So, there's that. That's what I want. (laughs) I want the Bruins in fourth. So... Now you got to figure out what are the best lines going to be. Obviously, you know you're going to have Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak. The perfection line stays intact. You know that you're going to have Smith, Krejci, and Hall. But then you don't know really what the hell's going to happen. Frederick has been put back in, and he looks fine wherever he is. But where I thought that Frederick looked best was on the fourth line. I. I absolutely loved the fourth line when it was Frederick, when it was Wagner, and when it was Lazar. I want that in the playoffs. I want that energy. I want them to bang bodies. I want that. I want the, That's the energy line right there. I, I loved what they gave us when they were playing with each other. I know they've been putting Frederick on the third line, but I don't think that's the move, man. I don't. And And another thing is, when is Charlie Coyle going to have to answer for all the bullshit? Like, I know that he's technically been better. And honestly, dude, I want him to play. But only if he's going to play. Because we're going to have to sit legitimate talent. That's going to have to happen. Because when you look at the third line, right? You've got Coyle. You've got Corrali. If he's not going to be on the fourth. You've got Nick Ritchie. And you've got DeBrusque. One of those guys has to sit. And honestly, you'd like to think in a perfect world that Nick Ritchie obviously is going to sit. But he keeps scoring and he keeps being a factor. And we've even used him on the first line power play a lot. So he actually brings value to this team. So you can't, honestly, in my opinion, you can't sit Ritchie unless he absolutely takes a turn and he sucks. So now you're down to Corrali. You're down to coyle and you're down to brusk. you've already sat to brusque. He came back, he puts in effort. he's not so much making anything happen. but man Coyle's been a thorn in that side for a while. I understand why Cassie's not sitting him because if Coyle is right and his head is on right and he's he's feeling himself and he's he uses his body. He would help you so much. What a mismatch! What an epic mismatch he is on the third line when he's playing right, when he's doing the right things, but he hasn't been. So to me, and I hate this, just being honest, I don't want to sit Corrali because I love his energy. He's probably the least skilled, but he he puts it in there, dude. He tries. So for me right now, I go Richie. I put Corrali at center. And I put Coyle at the wing because I think he's giving you the most when he's been at wing. Dabrowski is going to be the odd man out for me. That could change in a moment. I mean, if Coyle sucks, if I'm Cassidy, I pull the trigger quick. And I don't mean to put Frederick down a line and put Richie on the fourth or put this guy. No, 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 no. Cassidy, go in with the freaking lines that you want to go in with, okay? Use these next four games to figure out, you tell Coyle and you tell DeBrusque these next four games are an audition, okay? Because Richie is produced, is going to be leading this this wing here the, or the center. You guys need to go now. Who's going to want it more? Who's going to do it? And then best case scenario, they both go off, <laughs> and uh, you play both of them, and then you you just sit corralie and because Corrally is the type of dude that would understand. You know, if, if they're on, they're better than him. So he would understand that. Um, but anyway, to end this podcast, I make him fight to earn a spot. I have massive expectations for this year. That's pretty obvious. <laughs> I know that it's going to be a tough road with the divisions. It definitely makes it rough. I liked it better when it was the one through eight seed thing. I wish they would go back to that. I do love how the divisions have made this year super fun to watch though. So... There's that. Um, but the Bruins should be ready. And another reason that I'm okay with them being the fourth seed is because we're veterans, man. Like, that's not going to get in the head of Krejci. It's not going to get in the head of Patrice Bergeron, Marshan. Like, we've been here. We get it. I'm a little scared of Tuca, even though he's been playing well. Um, Swayman might catch... He might catch something here. He might catch fire. Like, you don't know. I, I think Kalak, unfortunately, I'm glad Matt's not in the room with me right now because he would probably drop kick me through the wall. But I think Kalak might have played himself out of the playoffs in his last game. And that's not saying that he played horrible. He didn't. But for some reason, the Bruins don't play in front of him. <laughs> so. That's not technically Halak's fault at all. I think that he makes big saves when he needs to. I think that he's a great goalie. And I think he's better than Swayman technically as it is now. But if the team doesn't want to play for him, then he doesn't work. So if I'm Cassidy, I roll with Tuca, I roll with Swayman. And I hope that Swayman catches fire or Tuca catches fire and you ride the hot hand. So that's the end of my Bruins thing. <laughs> but bottom line, I'm just terrified. <laughs> I've been confident all year. Uh, if you want a rundown of how I've felt throughout this whole year, you just go to at big mouth, small words, podcast on Instagram, and you go to the highlights section and you go to side bets. I'm, I can't wait for batch to have to wear the Rask jersey the whole time in the playoffs. We're probably going to go into the pro shop. I'll film it. I'll put it on the Instagram, and uh, that should be a great time. I don't know what Matt is going to do to me. We made the bet earlier in the year. Uh, The Sabres had a historically horrible year, so now something's going to happen to me. Not 100% sure what it is yet, but whatever it is, I will post it on the Instagram so all of you can enjoy it. Um. Am I missing anything else to end this? Talked about the MMA giveaway. Excited for that. At some point, I don't know when, but it will happen. Ted and Colin have lost their bets. They've lost their bets. The Vikings didn't do it for you, Ted. I went with TB12. I was right. So you have to have Milky Tofu. Colin said that the NFL season, you know, the coronavirus is going to screw it all up. It didn't. It all happened. So you're going to have to eat a habanero. Once again, I'm going to plug this. (laughs) At Big Mouth Small Words Podcast on Instagram is going to be lit. I don't know when, but very soon. So make sure you follow that on Instagram. It's going to be fun. We're going to figure it out. And I'm going to end it there. That's a good place to end it. So, go to bigmouthsmallwords.com. I'm gonna be blogging soon. I've got some things I gotta write out. Go to the Instagram, I already told you. Most of all, everybody, stay safe. I love y'all.